What's going on, Radio Free East Van listeners, and welcome to episode 118 of the Radio Free East Van podcast. My name is Michael. I got my co-host Scott here. Going to say what's going on, Scott. What up, gay lords? <laughs> and I have my co-host, <laughs> powerful Ryan. Going to say what's going on, Ryan. Satin and everyone. And we have a, a fun episode for you guys. So naturally, we're going to talk about our hobby progress, what we've been working on, and uh, all the general wargaming stuff that we've uh, we've been doing. Uh, we have some announcements to make on what could possibly be going down here in September pretty soon. Then we do want to go ahead and uh, trickle some news your way it's in, the, in the form of Wargamer Camp. And then uh, we're going to just talk about, I guess, Ryan and Scott working on some sort of giant-ass Battletech game. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But uh, at some point in there, we're going to squeeze in. We got a... <laughs> We got a couple of voicemails that we're gonna go over, so I guess let's kick it off, boys. What y'all been working on? What's uh, what's going on? And looks like everybody's yawning. Go ahead, Scott. Or you want me okay. to go first? I'll go. I'll go yeah. first. I, so. I'm short. I'm. Sh- I, I don't have very much. <laughs> I cleared all the woods. I got all the woods cleared for the the barn, so it's done. Um, the last week has been. Uh, pretty rough with that. I ran in. I had one really, really bad day where I hit like the four of the five things that you don't want to interact with Uh-oh. while in the woods of Indiana. I moved some logs and scared scared up a snake. So I had snakes. What kind of snake? I was it scary. I don't know. Was it scary I, enough to have to Google it? <laughs> like is that no? That's always a thing, nah, man. It. But anyway, I ran into snakes. Uh the area that I had left to do was nothing but honeysuckle bushes and thorns, which both have like just tons of fucking thorns. So that was awful. So I looked like passion of the Christ there for a while. That's fair. Uh, the good news was that was, I literally found all the poison Ivy in Indiana, all of it. So you can't see any of the scratches or guts or mosquito bites from Texas because it just got fully replaced (laughs) with poison Ivy. I don't know. Yeah. That's not good. See that or not. This is my favorite spot right here, where it's like all up my arm right there. Oh, that's a good spot for Poison Ivy. Yeah, it's super fun. It's all over my belly, all over my chest. Um, Yeah, it's not great. Uh, Then, when I was cutting all those briars and shit out, uh, I found a, uh, or I guess they found me, a nest of ground hornets. Oh, god damn, dude. Got the the shit stung out of me. For that, but at least the stinging from the ground hornets uh, distracted me from the itching of the poison ivy at least for a couple <laughs> hours until it went away. So, uh, yeah, it's a bad, bad run of shit right there <laughs> for a while. So I am covered in bumps and cuts. Um, yeah, wasn't wasn't a super amount of fun. Uh, did that flying not, squirrel come back, or what happened with that? No, like, I haven't we... seen that. I haven't seen that. Uh, yeah, I don't think that makes the top five. So the only thing I didn't run into was like a super venomous uh, spider, like a uh, black widow or a brown recluse. That's it. That's that's the only thing that I dodged a bullet on. They were pretty was, much everything else. It's like worst case scenario. He was probably at the edge of the woods, like nah, he's had a rough day, <laughs> like ready to bite. He's like, hold this brown recluse, like holds his best friend, the black widow, back. He's like, nah, man, he stepped on that hornet's nest. Let's give him, let's give him this one. 
<laughs> Plus, you did you wanna... see my video of dealing with the ground hornets? No. What'd you do? <laughs> Filled their hole with gasoline. Fair. And then ran, then ran a trail like 15 feet away and then filmed it and asked if anybody had seen Die Hard 2. And then I said, yeah. Kaye, fucking bees, and lit that motherfucker. And it went <laughs> across the ground, down in the hole, burn them all to the crisp. The only thing I forgot to do was yell, Holly, there's your motherfucking landing light. That's all I did. No, I should have. Would have completed it. <laughs> then you have fucking flaming hornets. And then you realize that, oh, God, <laughs> that went straight into my, straight into my the, thermal loop. The gas. <laughs> The gas kills them. The fucking fire is just to be really vindictive, but the gas does kill them. Well, you need gas. It burned a hole through my plastic thermal loop and all the pure yeah. oxygen in there. <laughs> That'd be some... Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> so you're supposed to do it at night so you don't get restung by the hornets, but I'd already been stung and I was already covered head to toe in poison ivy. And so you were immune? So you are immune? Yeah. <laughs> I've already been stung. Like, I was in full honey... I was in full-blown honey badger mode. I swear to Christ. I was like, yeah, I'm going after these motherfuckers. Stings or no, I don't care. <laughs> it's enough. going down. I just went right after him with a can of gasoline. <laughs> the hornet. I just stood right over their hole and just dumped it in there. No regrets. <laughs> Poor little hornets just asleep in their bed and just, do, honey, do you smell that? That's a strong... <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, I did that. And then uh, I bought a 3D printer. Uh, John Stanford has been really helping me with that. I really appreciate his help. He's the fucking king of hobby, man. I really look up to that guy. So John he's Stanford is no fucking joke, dude. Like yeah. I can't, so I he's, can't process uh, some of the stuff that he dumps out. I'm just like, when do you, do you sleep, John? Do you have any sleeping time? Like I can't. He's always got some side projects he's working on. Him. That like I've seen him do it. There's <laughs> <laughs> the bro. <laughs> you saw him kill somebody. Uh, <laughs> Did we talk about that? I don't think we talked about that last cast. Oh. John, what happened, Scott? I'm dying. All right. So I didn't tell the story on here. No, I don't think so. I I feel like I feel like I remember you told it to me in person at camp, and it was hilarious. Yeah. So we're sleeping in this bunk, right? And there's a dude at the very far end. And I apologize if I don't remember your name, man. But I was uh pretty fucked up. All that weekend, so it's a little hard for me to remember much of anything. But he had a one of the CPAP machines, like that. I assume helps you breathe while you're sleeping. If, if you if you went into the room and you looked down, was he all the way on the end on the left? That's yes. Dave. That's David. Dave. Well, he's a real cool guy, but he uh he had he had this machine on. on as he was sleeping, and something happened to it. Like, it started malfunctioning, or something was fucked up with it. And it started making this insane noise, like <laughs> a whale. It was like... Morning, <laughs> And I was literally in, in like maybe overdosing and anaphylactic shock and all of these things combined. 
and I come out of my coma and I'm rock solid. Like, what the fuck is that? And uh, John, John, I was like, fuck, I don't, I'm not sober enough to deal with this. I was like, I'll just sit here and be awake. I guess John was like, nope, nope, not gonna listen to that all fucking night long. <laughs> so he, he gets up and walks over to this and looks at it he tries to wake the guy up the guy doesn't move and he's looking at this machine right he's like <laughs> you know kind of looking at it and he's like well you know i guess he's just gonna have to fucking die <laughs> he it off. we're right back to sleep it's perfect <laughs> so i had a great night's sleep <laughs> That's so fucking crazy. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> Looks You're alive, machine. though. You live. I know. Yeah, I know he's alive. Yeah. <laughs> that one night you woke up and you're like, "Oh, I wonder why my CPAP turned off in the night." Well, <laughs> it sounded like it was about to fucking explode. To be fair, I don't know what was wrong with it, but it it was bad. <laughs> bad. John said he looks up. He goes, "Nope, not doing that." <laughs> fucking stands up. Yeah, he just. He just sat straight up and was like, "Nope, not listening to that all fucking night." <laughs> I feel, I feel like John, being the nice person he is, gave it like a solid thirty to forty-five seconds of his engineering degree, and was like, mm, "Nope, <laughs> can't figure that out." Let me just go ahead and I feel like he would have yeah. fixed it had he had the proper tools. <laughs> but <laughs> I think he knew it was beyond salvaging. <laughs> he probably could just build him a new CPAP machine out of fucking plastic card, to be fair. He could probably, yeah, probably 3D print the parts that he couldn't build out of plastic card, and he would design them himself and probably build a more efficient CPAP that would have probably worked for everybody in the camp, to be honest with you. Yeah, probably. Probably. Sounds about right. He's like MacGyver, yeah, man. Yeah, that was fucking hilarious, man. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, I bought a 3D printer. I bought an Ender 3, which I had recommended to me by several people. Uh, and then John Stanford just purchased the same one. So we're both going to have the same printer. So he was like, if you have any problems, you can send me files or whatever, and I'll help you with it. And then we have the same machine. So if I can make it work on mine, it should work on yours. Right. So pr- I'm pretty pumped about that and to learn some of that from him. And he gave me a bunch of links to videos and programs and shit I need. And then what also is cool is my wife is going back to school for all this IT shit. And she's actually inter- interested in learning about 3D printers and stuff. That's so funny, man. Fuck yes. So she's wanting to learn with me too, which will be good. But uh, the reason we're doing all this is because we got this crazy idea yeah, up our ass. We've lost about, our goddamn minds. It's yeah, like- about... Printing these giant fucking Battletech mechs. They're like 12 inches tall. They're 160th scale. And uh, playing Battletech at 160th scale instead of normal scale. And uh, I won't get into it fully here because we're going to talk about We're going to have a whole special section later in the show. But uh, I bought uh, four different 3D files to do my Lance. And then also, um, how did I word this? Found someone else to print me uh, another mech. Like Scott's, yep. so we got a. I got a Argus, a, a like a ten inch, eleven inch tall uh, Argus uh, coming too that somebody else is doing just so I have one to paint up so that me and Scott can duke it out. Fuck yes, you with know, our- I know somebody who 
is pulling all of the uh, the files from the Titanicus game that they released for the PC. Yeah. And so, like, I'm pretty sure that that person can probably do the same thing with the Battletech figures. Everybody's already done that, though. For the I think new- Battletech people liter- literally just make them available. For the Battletech game, that new Battletech game that just came out? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh. So, yeah, why wouldn't you just 3D print them, guys? Because they have oh, some weird legal arrangement where they can't can't print... Um, like Mech Warrior and Battletech are two separate things or some shit, but the company's super cool, you know. Imagine that and it's like, hey, you can rip these files and print your own if you're capable. And you know, technology's coming along pretty fast these days. So I'm yeah. yeah. They're not like super aggressive with the IP. They're just like, Hey, if somebody wants to print a giant model of this, feel free. <laughs> also, the ones from Game Body Michael are people take them they're taking the mech warrior online ones that you're talking about but then they take them and because they're they're designing them to be 160 scale they're going to be bigger they add even more detail to them like an insane amount of detail like if you look at them there's all kinds of little pistons and rib like yep. it's fucking crazy it's some Dude, of the best has my fucking mad dog has the handholds where the elementals hold on to them because it's an omni like that's i was thinking about like making a 28 millimeter scale like squad of elementals holding on to that thing like yeah carrying them into back so so i was but actually anyway, talking about the new battletech game not the like you're talking about the mech warrior online game which was like like a few years yeah, ago but the mech warrior the mech warrior online game and the the battletech game uses the models for mech warrior online they ask permission to use them and they let them but I don't. I don't think that's right. There's no way. Like, there's no way that those are the same models, only because of how much better the resolution is in that BattleTech game than the MechWarrior Online game. These have to be like. It might be the same base models, but those models. It's the same design, is what I'm saying. It's the same yeah, rough design. Maybe a different model, but you get what I'm saying. Like, it's the yeah, same design. But I bet that you could get away with those battle, t- like taking those BattleTech rips, ripping them actually from the new BattleTech game, and you might not have to purchase anything from Gambody. Because those models are going to be so much more detailed, like not even like texture packs or anything, they're going to be so much more detailed than the old Mech Warrior Online stuff. That is probably to the level of those Gambody ones that you're doing, because of how like that game now is a 2018 game that is fucking gorgeous. Like yeah. even if you were to look, like you can scroll into those and you'll see every bit of detail. I bet you those models are fully 3D printable with the same level of detail as the enhanced mech warrior game models yeah and you can the other nice thing about it though is they've come out with this super badass like ball socket design where they're a full-blown action figure and they're fully articulated and that's built into the 3d printing files yep. Yep. Uh, oh yeah that's that's not something you get yeah yeah so like literally like the arms like click on like the way they print like you'd have to go in and look at one of those prints like if you want pull it up and check it out you can like all the pieces like snap on and all the joints work where they're a full blown fucking action figure. Like literally all the joints work like you would like a GI Joe or something. If you go to game body and just like do a quick search for mech warrior in the search bar and then just find any of the files and look through, scroll through the little pictures you can and you'll see. But, um, anyway, I bought those four 3d files and then, for whatever reason, I mean, I know why they did it. They just did it for, like, display or people that want the models. 
Ironwind Metals, who's like the official like miniatures maker yep. for Battletech stuff, they already make a 28 millimeter elemental model and a 28 millimeter Hallberg commando model, which is that's a battle armor for Inner Sphere and battle armor for um, Clan. So I went ahead and bought a full squad of Hallbergs. And I'm going to convert them over to the standard pattern. So I got to build a missile pack for them and then cut one of the arms off and make it a, a battle claw arm, which should be easy. Um, but once I do that, I'll actually have some infantry for this 28 millimeter scale as well. So I should have those Hallbergs um, by the end of the week. The Iron Winds already shipped them. I might actually have them Wednesday, probably. And then I want to. I can't wait to get with Scott and see his vulture in person, and we can stick those hauberks next to it and just see what the scale looks like together. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna gonna be pretty sick, man. Like like Ryan said, they make a uh, twenty eight mil elementals too. And like in the in the regular BattleTech game, you just put five elementals on a base and you run yep. them like that. And I guess we can hash all this out later. Like, you could base all your infantry separately if you wanted to, or if we're going to do it just like straight up conventional Battletech blown up, I can put a building or something in the middle of a hex and then model those guys on the building, like flying off of it. I, I'm just going to put mine on like standard 30 mil bases, yeah, guys, probably kinda, and then just keep them like yeah. in quote unquote coherency, just like yeah. stick them. Like within two inches of each other or whatever. Um, that works for me. We're making but, uh, rules here. We get to fucking do what we want. This yep. turns out. So. Yeah, you to do what you want <laughs> when you create your own shit. So yep. it's nice. But anyway, I've been working on all that, uh, and then also I'm getting ready for Michigan GT this weekend. So that that table that you gave me, Michael, mm-hmm. um, I went through and started repairing it. Like I repainted all the roads on it already. Um, and then I've like all the pieces that were breaking off or whatever I re-glued and then some of the gravel that had come off, I've re-glued that on there. So I'm trying to get that just basically touched up, repainted where it looks touched up and looks as good as possible. And then I've been packing for the Michigan GT. So that's pretty much it. Most of my stuff's not really exciting, but it's shit that has to be done. So basically clearing for the game barn, ordering a 3d printer and getting ready for that doing the preliminary research and shit i need to do this BattleTech thing that me and scott are doing and then uh repairing this table that you gave me and then packing for the michigan gt that sounds like fun are you excited for michigan gt man mm-hmm. sort of dark age isn't in a great spot right now <laughs> so um yeah but it is what it is. I've been working on it's a ton of dust fault. stuff, dude. Been working on a bunch and bunch of dust things. And I have that dust dinner this coming up weekend, so I'm flying up Saturday. Chris Duncan's gonna pick me up from the airport. We're gonna go to the dust dinner. I think there's like a little after party. And then we're gonna he said he's got a spare bedroom that all of his cats live in. And I was like don't he's got don't, nine cats, bro. He said, "Don't threaten yeah, me with a good fun. time." <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I'll hang out with some. He's kitties. got nine cats. I'm gonna come home to old bees. You're gonna like. <laughs> there's only like three that'll probably hang out with you. Maybe four. Yeah, I'm gonna come home to my cat. She's gonna be like, "You fucking cheated on me this weekend." You, you just fly he's got one named Tim. That's your super, horse. <laughs> he's got one named Tim. That's super nice. 
that'll probably like you a lot. We'll find out. So I built up. So I was gonna originally take a, a shitload of like uh, the Chinese PLA to the dust dinner, yep. and I painted up a sky sweeper in this like PLA look and all this jazz. But I've seen it looks good. It was like uh, it was like I was looking at how many little dudes I have to paint up, and I was like, "There's no way that like I'm at this stage right now where it's like, look, I just want to paint stuff up for like hobby. Like if it's not ready, it's not ready, so I just won't take it." And so I instead offered to paint Cody's Cthulhu, like his mythos faction. And I was like, I'll tell you, I'll paint your Cthulhu for you because it's like four models I have to pack. And uh, if I could take that to the dust dinner. And he says, done, absolutely. And then so I painted up that uh, mythos sky sweeper and like the World War One camo pattern and all that jazz. Yeah. And... You know, it's going to be like five or six models that I have to, to take to the dinner with me. And like, it'll be super, super quick, super easy to pack up. Um, but on the horse heresy front, man, I got a, a buddy of mine ordered a bunch of those land speeders. Uh, those like ugly, uh, uh, the ones y'all call ugly, the ones I love. The, uh, the danger rockets. The danger Hell rockets. Yeah. <laughs> And he had like eleven of them, and he only needed five of them, so I bought seven of them from him for a pretty good price. And I don't know what I'm gonna use seven land speeders for, and I don't know what legion they'd be fun for. Hey, you should fucking rehash your Raven Guard and do it for them. Yep. I don't, man. I'm not a like. Although they would be cool with like. Well, I guess not even Mon. We get to use him. Uh, I don't know. Because he only works for deep striking flyers and drop pods. I think he wouldn't be able to do anything for land speeders. I don't know, man. I was thinking about all the fun stuff to use him. I was kind of thinking Blood Angels maybe and just load him out with assault cannons. And then... I'm selling my Blood Angel army. You can buy my Blood Angel army and be ready to go. You even know the formula to paint it up. Boom. Done. I don't know. I'll see. I'm on the fence, man. Think about it. Think about it, because then all you, like it's already ready to go. You added those in, because I already have the javelins. I don't have any normal land speeders. You could add them in. You'd be good to go. You'd be ready to rock and roll. I'll think about it. That sounds like a good plan, actually. I'm selling them, and I'm selling my salamanders, and I'm selling my orcs. So I already posted up my orcs, you fuck. So if you know anybody that wants to buy orcs, buy them. But yeah, I'm looking forward to. I, I think I'm gonna paint those land speeders yellow. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna paint them yellow with like all the all the uh, caution stripes on them and everything like that. And then maybe just leave the drivers. Like I'm gonna try and hit them up with as much weathering as I can. Get them all painted up all yellow, like the the one in the picture. And then you know how they just like put ultramarines on top of it. And then just leave the the Marines unpainted for a while until I decide a Legion. That's gonna be fun. Blood Angels. <laughs> Blood Angels. Space Wolves. With you. With you. World Eaters. But yeah, that's what I'm working on. It's been a good time. Scott. Scott's the only one with probably like legit like I'm doing like administrative hobby progress, <laughs> like shit for a lot of other people to benefit from. 
Um, Bro, yeah, I've been, I've been. <laughs> it's just, it's a real problem. But uh, <laughs> so this weekend, uh, my brother hosted our like. We have essentially a quarterly meetup for Kentucky Campaign Day for 30K. So that was called the Battle of Kenuck Beta. And we had that on Saturday. Had a really good turnout. We had like, you know, somewhere between 12 and 15 players, I think. So that's a that's a great show out for an event in some dude's basement for us, you know. So he was really awesome. He set up all his tables and stuff. He has great looking tables, fully painted train, all that stuff. Comfortable place. Um, really appreciate everyone that came out. We appreciate uh, Keith Craycraft, who drove all the way from Ashland, Kentucky, which is literally on the other side of the state from us. It's on the border of Kentucky and Virginia, basically. So it's pretty far. And uh, we had we had him and a few other guys, Zachary Busher. He brought some friends that. Uh, drove out and played with us and we had a great time um we he has those little uh old old school campaign hexes that they released for like i i don't remember what what game it was maybe like planet strike or something like that but Uh, planetary empires so we're keeping those set up and and it'll be set up at his house effectively and we're going to have a long break over our uh, over the holiday season before we have another meetup. But anyone who wants to get a game in, as long as they send us pictures of what they want to do and what territories they want to attack and stuff, in the meantime, we'll we'll continue to update that and and keep it as like a running thing. So that was really cool, man. Had a lot of fun. It was great seeing everybody who came out. Trooper Mike was there. All that good stuff. Bradley, but um. So did that, and then I we talked a little bit about the upscale, the 28mm um, Battletech models. Now, I had bought one from GameBody.com that is a Mad Dog. So it's a, our, a buddy of mine, David, that lives in Hawaii. He, he, he takes orders for this stuff, so if anybody wants to get a hold of him or whatnot, I could try to put you in in contact with him and see if he'll take the order because I think he's going to pick up a lot of business after this one. But uh, it it came out really fucking well. I think I posted pictures of it on the Radio Free S fan. Um, well, it came out. Re- I'm happy with it. I don't, you know, everything being subjective and all, but I'm I'm not pissed off at it when I got it done. Uh, it's how I imagined in my head and stuff. And like Ryan said, it's a fully articulated model, so you can essentially there's some things that I've specifically pinned and glued in place just so it would stand up on its own. Like, I don't want the knees to buckle and it to take a header off the table or some shit like that. But, uh, I mean, you can pose it how, literally however you want. And uh, it comes in super high detail. Uh, there are, like, those little 3D printed lines, but it doesn't bother me. I mean fucking metal and shit like that has a texture to it anyhow so. well if you go if you go to like a tank museum and look at a, t- a tank like especially like world war ii tanks they have a bunch of weld yep. lines in them anyway like the armor actually kind of looks like that yeah yeah so it came out great i'm super happy with it and uh that's one step closer to our big project we're, we're working on um other than that i'm i'm like constantly painting biotech shit all the time like all the fucking time. I'm just painting little infantry dudes right now because I can't stop myself. But uh like 
me and Ryan have a mutual friend who is printing the MWO stuff, and he prints them with all the variants. Like so, every possible variant you can make a mech in, if it's an Omni mech or whatever, he prints it and sends it with all that shit. And uh, I jumped all over that because I'm starting um, a little inner sphere force. It, it in concept, it started out as little, but it's since grown because you know I don't have any self or ability to regulate. <laughs> and, uh, like, I play, for if you're not super familiar with Battletech, I play Clans, which is like a... There's essentially Clans in the Inner Sphere. You know, there's other... Of course, there's other little things, too, like like Periphery and Comstar and that stuff, but uh, Clans and Inner Sphere are probably the two big factions that people play, and it kind of makes sense to have one of both because... You know, clans is like having a traitor army in 30k, and Interosphere is like having a loyalist army. So, I wanted to have a contingency to play towards a narrative if I needed to be the Interosphere guy and someone else wants to be clans. And um, that originally started out as like a, I'll only order like a few mechs, and now I have uh, 12 mechs and four tanks on the way, and a unit of infantry, and you know probably going to be some helicopters that work their way in there so uh i did a bunch of research for that to learn um camo patterns the the battletech fan made color compendium has suggestions for camo patterns you could use and i looked up basically it's um it's like m05 i think is the nomenclature for it in the finnish military and it's what they issue to their guys that are involved in ISAF operations in Afghanistan. And my table's a very arid desert-themed table, so it would make sense if these guys are painted that way to fight in that environment. So I'm running a, a Lyran Commonwealth, uh, third Lyran Guards, I think, the ones I'm going to do. So Cool. But uh, that's me, man. I was going to let you know, man, if you... Uh once you start getting your 3D printer up and running, Ryan, yep. uh, have you looked at acetone vapor baths? <laughs> no. Okay. I have no idea what that is. So, that sounds like something you make meth in. It, it is. Uh, so whenever oh, you're done right. cooking your meth, you have this, the, <laughs> like, basically it's a little tent that uh, you put, a like, a bowl of acetone in, and the acetone vapors stay inside the tent, and you put a 3D printed model in there, and it melts the top layer of the 3D model and smooths out all those lines for the 3D model. And so, like, that's uh, something to look into. I don't know if you want to do that on models that you're buying from somebody just because, you know, (laughs) you might get a little crazy. But when you're doing your own stuff, that should actually thin out those those lines quite a bit, actually. It does quite a bit of work. And that's, that's how long for, do you leave it in there? Is it just an eyeball thing? Like, yeah. hey, just look at this. Yeah. Yeah. As soon that's as kind it's kind of scary to me. Well, I mean, if you leave it in there forever, it melts plastic. But that's how people smooth out uh it's it's pretty common practice to smooth out 3D printing with those uh, filament heads and all that jazz. Like when you're actually using Okay. Yeah, you know. I'll take your word for it. We'll try it out, but yeah. like one of these mechs takes like fucking 60 hours to print something I'd be kind of pissed <laughs> but spend a week on this motherfucker and then I trust melt. you man like I like I think that you know you would you'd be able to eyeball it pretty well it's not gonna like it's it it has to melt a layer at a time so you know 
You'll be good. Get them lines okay. out of it. Them lines bug me. That's that's the only reason I stayed away from 3D printing. Once you just for fucking so move closer, once you move closer, and we can fucking learn together, do I'm it together, you. hold hands and skip around and shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't we all make a pact? We'll all move to Oklahoma, which is in the middle of all three of us. Oh, <laughs> it no. won't be. Oh, we'll I'll be in Indiana. You just have to come here. I built the fucking game barn. It is what it is, man. I can't help that I was the first one across the finish line. Just, <laughs> we'll all was. move to tornado ridden Oklahoma. We'll go see powerful Derek in there. Uh Derek Luteris, right? Luteris? Yeah. yeah. And we'll go we'll go hang out with him. And uh try not to die. No promises. No promises. No promises. <laughs> but yeah. Vapor bath. <laughs> right. Honestly, man, no. We'll talk about that in a future episode. I don't want to stroke a fire that isn't even here yet. <laughs> anyway. So what do we want to talk about? We got we got some uh some miniature wargaming camp talk. We got big battle tech talk. We got voicemails. What order are we going in? Uh while it's fresh, let's talk. Let's do these voicemails. Let's knock these voicemails out. Let's get them out of the way because I think the people are going to be so overwhelmed by the the wargamer camp talk that the voicemails won't will get lost. So, okay, yeah. let's see what we got here. Oh, oh yeah. Here we go. Oh, come on! What are you doing? Hey, okay. hey, gang, this is Iron Hands Will. Uh, I gotta give a shout out to having Gav Thorpe on the fucking episode. Um, <laughs> but I'm not happy to have Henry Steele on the episode, and I will say that uh, I enjoyed it so much. Uh, I, I damn near ran off the road laughing so hard when Gav came on. Um, thanks again, guys. Take care. <laughs> Yeah, well, he had to make up for standing us up for Heresy Camp, so it was only fair that he came on our episode That's to apologize right. for that. Of course. Powerful, powerful gaff. That Henry Steele guy's okay, too. Henry yeah, Steele's he's a- pretty fine. Tip, boys. It's uh, Powerful Vince, and it's Saturday. Um, had a couple beers. Nothing too serious. But just let you guys know, uh, took in, taking in everything post-Heresy Camp, post-Heresy Camp episode where you guys talked about everything. Told Scott already, I was like, the only reason why I'm your favorite is because Chris was butt-fucking you in Battletech, and then I came over, and I was like, Ryan, I want to play some fucking Battletech. Chris hooked me up, and then boom, Scott fucking butt-fucked me, but it's all right, no big deal there. But I'm a bit worried <laughs> because if anybody that didn't meet me at Heresy Camp listens to the voicemail, I left in that episode, and then if AJ posts, the X-rated Heresy After Camp episode. It's going to sound like night and day, and uh, well, uh, just letting you know that there may or may not be a, a story in there from the pool party about, you know, not being able to drink, and if the camp counselors were approached by some kid with special needs, say, like, hey, can I have a beer? <laughs> and you can't have a beer. Uh, I thought that was a little fucked up, so I'm going to get that out of the way now so that nobody is shocked. All right? All right, so just let you guys know. I hope that episode doesn't come out. 
Powerful Vicenzo. Hey man, I literally turned into Jim Baker during that episode before I went quiet. So <laughs> I uh, I was there, and I was not gonna. Scott, are you a Southern Baptist evangelical <laughs> preacher? <laughs> and the sharks just want to be loved and want to be hugged, <laughs> and nobody will hug the sharks. It's like, oh, that's where Scott is. Is that all the voicemails, Michael? That's all of them. I got a few emails. I got one from Stefan Hillman that says, you fuckers need to specify which Stefan you're talking about. Now I've got a couple people thinking that I've got a Warlord Titan, and I am a student in New York. Stefan from Colorado. So that is from Stefan Hillman in Colorado. So I made that clear. So he says there's too many Stefans in the hobby. Well, I guess you're gonna have to kill the other one, Stefan. Yeah. So get he, on there. He's the only Stefan that I that I think about. So. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in times and stuff. <laughs> uh, then we got a question concerning Husk Carls and Great Frostblades. Oh, great! A book seven question. Oh boy, it's my <laughs> favorite ones. Imagine that. <sighs> Wait, Stefan's uh, a college hey there. <laughs> What? <laughs> Hey, real fine intelligencers. I had a question concerning if y'all think Huskarl's Grey Slayer Sergeants can take Great Frostblades post errata. I don't know. Does anybody know? Does anybody have the errata? Does anybody no. care? No. I don't have an answer for you. That would be a Ryan question if I ever heard one. <laughs> and, uh, well, Oh, a Ryan question well, or a Derek he question. Sent us, he sent us a story thing. I don't know. I haven't looked. I, we read the errata out the one time. I don't have it here with me. Uh, I don't know. I'll do some research and answering via email. Uh, it says, in payment for your time, there's a carnivorous squirrel that lives on my school campus. I was walking my dog when a half-eaten pigeon wing falls in front of us. Looking up, I see why parts of the bird viscera are falling out of the sky. I make direct eye contact with a squirrel whose face is covered in blood and was holding the rest of the flying rat. Oh He's God. sitting there, daring me to blink first. Backing up slowly so I do not turn our backs on this psychotic tree-drilling mammal, uh, we made our way back inside. Since then, every once in a while, I come across pieces of partially eaten birds all over campus. As far as the new meaning for RFI, I'm partial to radical fuckery inbound. Thanks, Alex. Radical fuckery <laughs> inbound. Oh, man. So. A harsh fucking... Squirrel there. Yeah. I'm taking a screenshot of this so I remember to try to answer his question. I mean, I just say do what you want. That's kind of my attitude anymore on 30K. Just do what you want. Just do whatever. Just write your own rules. No one else is going to do it for you. Just do what I, you want to do. I think the answer is just a power eye formation right up the gut. And yep. just <laughs> that's how dad did it. <laughs> That's how America does it. <laughs> That's my answer for everything. That's how I play every game now. Just power eye, right up the yeah. gut, just like powerful Vincenzo, and it, it didn't it didn't fail him. You don't take off 
47 hole points off the wall without being wrong. That's how it's with you. Yeah. So, and then we got another one from Llewellyn wanting to know about a mechanicum list, and I'll just answer that uh, via voicemail or something. So, that's all the emails. Dig it. Is there anything that happened with Forge World or Games Workshop, really, like heresy related? Like, I haven't really seen anything too much. Nope. This is like <laughs> Titanicus. I've been seeing a lot of releases for Titanicus that people are excited about. Uh, I've been like seeing what? Uh, yeah, they only have like out? four models. Well, the Warhounds, they're releasing the Warhound boxes that people are pretty uh, excited about getting those little Warhounds. They, you get two in a box. And uh, people are pretty pumped about that. It's their hobby. I get it. That's cool. <laughs> and then uh, I see people are trying to build like little Imperators out of Knights and stuff like that. But I was wondering if there was actually any like upgrades or anything like that that have come out recently from... You, you no, think about it... more like, shit that's unavailable. Like, uh, so what, it's been probably like four weeks, four week, f- four or five weeks since we've like had our kind of fallen out episode with Forge World. And I just, I haven't, you know, I used to wake up on, what was it, Friday mornings and see what release came out from <laughs> Forge World. little boy for Christmas. Yeah, you know, you used to like be like, oh, what came out this week? Is it Blood Angels Upgrade Kit? Is it this or that? But like, is, is nothing just like, like I haven't heard anything, Like, but I haven't like been looking. Let's see. Well, I don't want to be like negative about it or anything, but I think we know where that company's priorities lie. <laughs> it's, it's probably not. It's okay, so this is what they've released since we've been gone. Uh... Vansar weapon sets, Vansar energy shield, the Lord of the Rings Battle of Pelennor fields, Lord of the Rings measures, Knights of Dol Amroth. Oh, the the Carnadon finally released. Fuck yeah! What about a new version of the Gunabad Orc command set? Any word on that? Maybe not yet. No, Nothing I'm a yet. Big fan. And Fuck then shit right there, buddy. A Night Terrors Dark Elf Cheerleading Squad and Kriya the Huntress <laughs> for Necromunda. I like the Necromunda stuff. I don't play it, and I have no intention of playing it, but it's cool that it's like a thing, I guess. I'd paint it if it was bigger. But other than that, I don't know. No, I'm not interested. I don't know anyone who does play it locally either, so it would be kind of fucking dumb to... <laughs> get into a game that no one plays. Scott, as a as a Solar Ox player, what do you think of these little Carnadons? Uh, well, the issue is, is it suffers from fucking. This is just from a rule standpoint. So aesthetically, they look cool. I mean, they're they're like a a gunned up version of the little Rhino thing they released, which is you know. That's all right. That's cool. You know, looks-wise, I don't have any complaints about it, man. I mean, I think it looks Solar Ox. The only issue is, is, like, after you buy that very expensive model and paint it up all sweet and nice, it doesn't doesn't function on the tabletop. It has Predator Syndrome. Like, you move it at all, you fire one gun, the rest of it's snap fire. Why am I going to dump all these fucking points into something that is... Really, only gonna fire this the one gun ever, 
you know, less. It's not even that many points. It's yeah. it, it's more that it eats up your heavy support slot. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That would be your issue. But it is a good looking model, man. I mean, I would, you know, if you're ju- if you just want want it for the looks, I c- I can never fault anyone for that. I fucking also make those decisions. So yeah, and I mean, if you're just going to sit something still and want to roll a bunch of dice, why would that not be quad mortars? Yep, there you go. I mean, if you're worried about rules. Yep. If you're worried about rules, just fucking, you know, you're probably playing the wrong game anyway, I guess. But, you know. Yelp. You can say that again. Yep. Yeah. That's it. That's all that's been released. Nothing new yeah. in here. See, we're getting close to the book eight release, I feel like, but it's a while. Yeah. I'm excited for, yep. I, I, uh, talking about other games, talking about dust, uh, uh, another podcast, uh, the Dust War Journals podcast. The company, you know, Dust Game, sent an advanced copy of their new book coming out called Operation Hellgate. They sent it to that podcast to let them review before they f- sell it, and so all their Patreon supporters got to. I'm one of their Patreon supporters, and like I got to hear like everything coming in this Hellgate, and I was like, I've never had this happen before (laughs) i know man that sounds like a very prudent business move (laughs) how strange (laughs) i was like i feel really fucking like you know this is really nice of them to do that yeah yeah how uh oh how what how does the hellgate sound does it seem cool oh yeah it sounds dude like i thought it was gonna be like a uh like just a mythos faction like jerk off like everybody was gonna oh yeah we're gonna get all these new units and all these new platoons for the uh the cthulhu stuff but it is that yes they do get a ton of stuff but desert scorpions get a shitload of stuff uh pla gets filled out with some platoons uh basically every faction is getting new platoons when is because i know the japanese stuff's supposed to be coming out real soon you would is that in there too uh no that doesn't come out till christmas so okay. this is a third quarter release, and that'll be a fourth quarter release, I guess. Oh no, I guess we're already in yeah. fourth quarter. I don't yeah. know. But all of it's coming in at Christmas, like Japanese is coming in Christmas, and fucking Operation Hellgate stuff is coming in. I guess with the release. What is your packs. favorite model coming out for the Japanese faction? Like what's talking your... to me or Michael? Both. Let's get both because it it looks like a fucking a pretty sweet deal. Maybe it's just the new shiny thing, but like. I'm not into dust, but I think if I got into it, that's what I would play. I think the ninjas look cool as hell. The little ninja hero that's like kneeling yep. down, like bent over with the fucking Uzi with the silencer on it. This is badass. I had How a grandfather like who with killed Uzis? a bunch of those guys in the jungle about 75 years ago, so they, you know, I feel a kinship to them in a way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that just happened. <laughs> Or I guess it happened 75 years ago. 75. 75. <laughs> how, how long ago was it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, as far as like the Japanese stuff, I guess the coolest thing that I like is their walkers. Like Not their big walkers. I like their little fat walkers. Like They're just like like uh, just a two-legged, like backwards knees walkers. I love the way they look because they look like little Japanese tanks. But, like, as part of that release, I think everything that's coming out, I'm 
most excited for those E100 like tanks for the Germans. I'm so yeah. fucking excited for those things. Yeah. I love tanks. Like I like tank. Like I walk. I like the walkers. Don't get me wrong, but like tanks are my jam, dude. And I've been buying so many tanks for uh, tanks for the shit, man. Fucking kangaroo tanks. That shit never loses its flavor. And then there's a there's a page in the dust book that gives a whole bunch of vehicles that can be stolen by other factions and used by other factions. And so, like one of those vehicles is a skysweeper, which is like twelve bucks on miniature market. It's like it costs nothing. And so I bought a bunch of those and I've just been painting them like all these different factions that like It's, it's also a super cool fucking model. Like it's good in yeah. the game and it also looks red. Yeah, so like like it's an allied walker. So I've painted one up in Desert Scorpions. I've painted one up for Army Rangers. I've painted one up for the PLA, which is the Chinese People Liberation Army. And now I've painted up one for uh, the Cthulhu Cultist, which is like a like pretty ridiculous if you think about it. Like that model should never have gotten to the Cultist, but they got it somehow. And so I don't know, man. I like I like. I like applying my Henry Steele class to like models and like it doesn't matter what the fuck I do with it. Like if I just want something to look cool, I just get to do it. So nice. it's a good time. It's nice. a good time. And there's there's no like standard I have to follow, you know? Like You've been working on Paolo about a dick tank so we can get Maca in on Dust. He said he will immediately begin playing if they make that tank for Dust. Well here's the thing, dude. Like and I thought about this. I could three like okay. So Mac is talking about the uh, the Sentinel, right? No, the Centurion One. Uh, it's yeah. an Australian tank called the Centurion, and it has a water cooled machine gun on the front. And unfortunately, the water cooled sheath looks like a little baby penis, like a like a uncircumcised chode. Uh, sir, <laughs> it looks like a, a perfectly normal and average one. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> okay. It's sure. cold outside. It's yeah. a little cold outside. It's fine. So, so it's this like it's this little chub, right? This um, this normal sized chub on this tank, and I I you know I keep looking at it, and I think to myself like, okay, well we could make a tank totally dedicated to the Sentinel, which was not a very good tank. It wasn't even like really in service because it was an Australian made tank that it just they used all of our stuff on loan. Come on, let's be real. So. Anyway, I was thinking to myself, like, we have all these M3 walkers. We have, like, you know, tons and tons of tanks that have the just little browning on the front of it. I will 3D model Maka a dick chub that he can snip off all of the little brownings and just glue in replace of his heavy machine gun on the front of all of his M3 walkers. I'll put little dick chubs on all of them. And they make a Australian... Uh, they make an Australian head kit, which is like the little hats with the boonie hat. The boonie yep. hat. I don't. I don't know if it's a boonie hat. It's the one with like a little side is up on it. I don't know what that's called. Yeah. And uh, yep. like, if he got like he can run nothing but Australians, and he can just snip all the Brownings off, and then put little. Di- I'll three D model that for him tonight. Like if that meant he plays like, it just be like a little, <laughs> like a little dick on the front. I think he wants an official man. I think he wants that tank official. Which if you think about it, it is Australian made tank. Like Paolo made these desert scorpions. They're supposed to be Australians. Just fucking just do a dustified model kit where it's just like that tank with a phaser on the turret. Just call it good. Well, here's the thing. He sent me a message uh, two hours ago that says about to check out RFZ. Better not let me down, mate. <laughs> 
which is Radio Freeze Veragrad on my other podcast. So, yeah. you know, I don't know. I might it might be a small little push, and I can I could model him up and throw like I could print probably eighty of those little chubs for him in like <laughs> twenty two minutes on my printer because it'll only be that big, you know. And <laughs> I'll just how many dicks can I print on this printer? Uh, he's already got the go ahead to come to uh, miniature war game camp next year. He's coming. <laughs> yep. It will be there. Well, I'll get to modeling. Yeah. So anyway, so, what's what's up next? We got big battle tech or miniature war games camp. What are we going to talk about? Let's talk about miniature war games camp. Okay. All right. So, what? How many details do we want to release, Michael? Do we want to spill all the beans, or do spill we want to do dude. that in spill our spill them all? Build hype. Build hype. Okay. So here's the thing. We found the perfect place. Would you agree that it's pretty perfect? There's only like one little minor hiccup, and it's very minor. I think the only way it would be more. I think the only way it would be more perfect is if there was like a Chinese foot massage place on site. That would make it just a little bit more perfect. <laughs> okay, so we found this place. It's in it's in Indiana. It's like thirty minutes from my house. It's like five minutes from the airport, which would be it's a huge bonus compared to where we were this year because you little be able to land and like you can take a cab and it's like a five minute cab ride to the camp. Or you can like literally almost see the airport from the camp. Um, it's got all the facilities we need. They pretty much let leave you alone, let you do what you want. It's got plenty of parking. Uh, it, it'd be great. I've already showed videos to to most of the patron guys, to Michael, to Henry, to all that. Uh, we already got a bunch of the people we had last year teaching classes. We pretty much got everybody that I've talked to uh, wants to come again and teach classes. Um, I've also reached out to some other people that would be cool to have there. Um and I think Michael's doing the same thing. So it's basically, if you liked Camp 1, this is just going to be an enhanced version of that. We've learned from our mistakes. We know what we want to do. Um, we know what was good, what was bad. You know, if you guys listen to the Camp Wrap-Up episode. Um, so this will be basically Camp 1 with far, 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 far less mosquitoes. Um, a little bit more mild temperature. And closer to an airport, so definitely more travel friendly. Plus, it's more centrally located in the country, so it should be. Uh, unless you actually like live in Texas, um, it should be closer to almost anybody else that wanted to come, or about the same. And the thing about living in Texas is, I actually found this out because I'm going to the dust dinner this week. If you fly Spirit, you can fly for like 150 bucks both ways. And come on, that's nothing. Yeah. So the only so the only problem with the camp is we can't really have hard liquor there. We can have beer and wine galore. That's not a problem. But Indiana, it's not a camp. This isn't a issue for the camp. It's an it's like an actual Indiana law. You have to have somebody with a Indiana state liquor license to serve hard liquor. And uh, the so we basically have to hire a caterer to do that, which is fine. But in order to pay, like 
we could do a caterer. Like if people, if it was really that big of a deal, we could probably come up with the funds to do a caterer for like so many hours for like, you know, Saturday, Friday and Saturday or whatever. But I mean, to pay them around the clock where you can just drink hard liquor whenever you want. I just don't <laughs> think that's like a fucking feasible thing to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it would probably be cheaper for me to try to get a liquor license in the meantime. <laughs> than that. Well, that's the thing. Like an Indiana liquor license is like you have to apply for it. And it's like several like it's fucking super expensive and you have to have like a business to tie to it. So you'd have to start a small business that served alcohol and then apply for a liquor license and pay thousands of dollars to get it just nope. to fu- just for fucking war games camp. No. So unless somebody comes out of the woodwork that is like owns a building or a business like that, that has a liquor license that would be willing to come and, you know, stay at the camp and just be like a camp goer that also happened to have that license. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. And I don't know anyone that does. Cause I checked around with my friends cause you never know. But I don't know. I don't have any friends that like own a bar or own a restaurant with a liquor license or anything. Nope. But uh, so you need a, You just need a server's license for the beer and wine, and uh, Chris Duncan has one of those. So uh, we're hooked up there. Why so that's, does he have that? He used to work at the liquor store. Remember? Of course, <laughs> of all people. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we get we got the beer and wine. That's that's fine. Everything else is good. Um, the only other thing which uh, we're gonna have to so that this place will not like I can't just like put our name down and go yeah we want the camp this time like and pay a little deposit like the deposit is uh, pretty damn expensive. It's a, it's like several thousand dollars. Uh, it's like seven thousand dollars. So until we come up with that seven thousand dollars, we can't. lock in a date so uh, me and Michael are going to have to do something here soon where we get like uh, some preliminary payments down for people that 100% want to come what will probably so the way this just to be totally open and honest about the whole thing so the way the this place works is you pay your deposit and then they'll pencil you in and then as long as if you needed to cancel like so say like the worst happened we had to cancel the camp as long as you let them know before 30 days before the camp happens. So that would be, you know, basically in August. So as long as we told them before next August, we didn't have it, they would give us a hundred percent of the money back. So it wouldn't be like we'd lose the money. Um, so our plan is to, because we can't lock in 100% of date cause they only have like four weekends open, um, until we get some money. So what we'll have to do is just say, well, these are the possible dates and start collecting money from people that are like, you know, high 90% want to go. And then when we hit the $7,000 mark, we'll lock in a date. And then if once we have the date locked in and everything's good to go there, if for whatever reason uh, something were to happen or whatever, the camp didn't happen, those people would definitely still get their money back. Uh, Any money they gave us to get the deposit down will obviously go towards their tickets. Um, and then, like, let's say they could only come, like, two of the four dates, and then once we book it, there it lands on a date that they couldn't come, like, we would return their money. It's not a big deal. So it's, like, it's no risk. We just have to have the money up front because me and Michael don't have, like, fucking eight grand laying around to put the deposit down. Nope. So the if we'd have known... So, like, looking forward, 
into the far, far future, if this is something we're going to do every year, um, being him, we've already talked about it. We'll, we'll start saving now for miniature war games camp three. That way we can, we won't have to do this thing with the deposit every year. This will probably be the only year we have to do it. It seems kind of amateurish, but it is what it is. Like I'm trying to be as professional as we can about it. And we're not going to rip anybody off. Like everybody's money is going to be safe. Like the camp happens and it goes towards your ticket price or the camp doesn't happen and you get your money back. Yeah. We called it our Dauntless 25. We need a Dauntless 25. I think it's the. <laughs> yeah. Because the, 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 basically the price for the camp is going to be 400 bucks. It's going to be 100 bucks a day, just like it was last year. And everybody thought that that was more than fair for what you got. And you're going to get all the same amenities. So you'll, that'll pay for your food, your lodging, your swag, all that stuff. Um, so uh, anyway, if we, we need to basically, if we could get 25 people to go ahead and get their ticket or to, to basically you know, front the money for the ticket, then we could book the place and get an actual date. 24. You need 24. Yeah. Well, you do actually need a little less than that because me and Michael are going to put some money in, but that's just a rough number. We were just roughing in numbers. So, but anyway, we're going to start reaching out to hear people here soon uh, and just explaining the situation because I'm pretty sure there's people that went last year that would be, you know, full on ready to go for next year. But we're hoping to raise the money before um, before December, basically before Christmas time, so we can get that date locked in. That way, we are for sure we have it. We know it's not going anywhere or whatever. Because the problem is this place is real popular with the weddings, and there's one building in particular we absolutely have to have. So if those four dates, four or five dates that are open, if somebody calls them and it's like, we need this for a wedding, then we're basically boned. We're going to have to find a whole new location. And this place is too perfect to lose, in my opinion. So he's got to play the lottery, man. Yeah. So is that fair, Michael? Is that a fair thing to say? I mean, do you have anything to add to that? Uh, no. I mean, honestly, I would say, like, we know who we're going to ask uh, as far as, like, people who we think that we should ask as far as, like, kind of like the rider dies of Radio Freest Van and some of the people who went to Heresy Camp already. But if you're one of those rider dies, it's like, I want to support this regardless. And like, this will be like pre pre-sale to be honest with you. And from the way it looks, and I don't know if it's going to be like the same thing that happened with the original sale, but I mean, we're only going to have so many tickets to Heresy Camp. So it's going to have to be a legitimate pre-sale for this time around that will actually lock you Well, we're capping at 60 this year. We've already decided. Like, this camp will support 200 people, but we don't want that many. Like, we've decided from last year's experience, like, we could have sold 125 tickets. We ended up selling, like, 80-some, and then a bunch of people backed out, and we ended up with, like, 45 or 46 people there, which was pretty close to the perfect number. We think we could go a little higher than that, but we didn't want to go too much higher than that because we think at that point we it loses its personal touch and there are things that we could provide to a smaller number of people that we wouldn't be able to provide once we went over that 60 mark. So there's going to be a firm uh, 60 people and I'm hoping considering that we pulled it off uh, this year and it was successful and people that went there really, really, really liked it that I'm hoping the response for this year is even uh, bigger. But like I said, that we're going to stick firm to those 60 
60 spots. So if you want to 100% guarantee it and you 100% want this thing to go off, um, get in contact with us and we'll get you penciled in, um, get some money from you. And then as soon as we hit that uh, magic, I think it's like seven, 7,000 and some change uh, uh, spot, we'll get the camp booked. And then um, once it's booked, we'll have a firm date, obviously, and then we can start, you know, advertising it, selling tickets, and um, getting things locked in as far as who's coming there. But I can tell you, uh, Henry has already said he's coming back. Uh, Jamie said he's coming back to do his class. Um, I want to reach back out to John uh, Christensen and John Stanford, see if they're in again. Uh, and then me and Michael have talked about some other classes that we want to do. Um, I'm going to teach some classes i'm gonna make scott and chris teach some classes they don't even know about it yet but they're going to yeah can do fucking small unit tactics (laughs) (laughs) yeah i can see him me you patrol base rucksack let's go (laughs) (laughs) not for real so the theme to heresy camp 2 or war games camp 2 is going to be intro two. So what we mean by that is we want to offer a bunch of like, uh, even if you've never done it before or whatever, you're just curious about it, like beginner level stuff. So like, we'll have like intro to battle tech and like Chris Duncan will sit down with however many people there and give everybody one mech. And you'll have like a little scrum on a table where he teaches you the basic game mechanics or whatever. Then we'll have like intro to battles tech alpha strike or intro to dust like Michael can teach you dust or whatever other games there. I've reached out to some pretty cool people in other industries to get them to come demo their games, which will be neat. And then we'll have the plan is to like we had the one big painting class this year. The way Henry has talked about kind of doing it uh, loosely so far, this isn't locked in, but we're wanting to instead of having like one big class, that's like eight hours a day for two days just do like several smaller classes. Like this one class will teach you basic air rush maintenance. This next class will teach you like, um, like how to do pre shading or flesh, whatever. And then get more variety of the different classes where it's more like you pick this one aspect to learn. Like maybe I have a class that's nothing but oil paints, something like that. I definitely, uh, like I definitely took a lot of like a lot of vision from the way Gen Con set up. But imagine like, you know, Gen Con is so not personal and like so like No, it's very cool. It's a neat event, but it's fucking giant. It's impossible yeah. to be personal. It's impossible to do all the cool shit. So I think what we're trying to do is we're trying to take like all of the like like the ability to learn new games and the ability to play new cool games that you know that are like vetted through the wargaming community and are, you know, that are good investments for you. It's like into like try those games and have those presented to you. And then in addition to have like some of the best modelers and some of the highest quality like war game aficionados teach you how to do stuff. It's like, man, this yeah. this could definitely... And, and have cool terrain, and then also, obviously, play established games. Like, we're still going to have, like, heresy events. We'll probably have 40k events. We'll have all that stuff. And then, the other thing we need to do is there are people that came to camp, and they came specifically to Heresy Camp, but it only played, like, 
two or three games of heresy. So when I say like intro to dust intro, we're going to have an intro to 30K. So like people who aren't super familiar with 30K, I'll run them through like a real small game. And I want to, I definitely want to do that for Zone Mortalis because I ran the Zone Mortalis event this year and I was surprised at how many people wanted to play in it but had never played a game of Zone Mortalis before. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what to say. I don't know. We so, got approached. We got approached by somebody that wants to run a bunch of nothing but board games, like Axis and Allies and stuff like that. And she said she's been doing it for the past ten years. So I don't know. If that's something you guys want to see. Like if you guys like Axis and Allies and Catan and all that jazz, and you want to play it with all your war game buddies. It's not something we had at a Heresy Camp, but I mean, I know two or three Hashtag. people. Cones of Dunshire. What's up? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's 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 one of those things. If y'all want to see it, like we want to we need to know what games we need to get there is what like is a big deal as well. Like yeah. we know what we play, but we don't know what we don't know. We might blow this out with a fucking a Yu-Gi-Oh tournament. Who knows? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, but the theme, I want to try to keep the theme as close to miniatures wargaming as possible. That way there's crossover. Because, like, if you learn how to build something out of plastic card, you can apply that to 40K. You can apply that to 30K. You can apply that to Dust. You can apply that to Battletech. You know what I mean? Same thing with the painting skills. So we're trying to keep it where there's crossover in most of the stuff. That makes sense. Yeah. I was just kidding about the Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, I know. But there, you got to remember, there are people out there that take everything everyone says on the internet literally. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say Lord of the Rings, but I know we have Lord of the Rings listeners, and so that was the closest thing I could think of to Lord. Of the, oh man, I just offended all of them. <laughs> Sorry, Eric. God damn it, we're gonna have six people in the U.S. writing us emails now. <laughs> They're a very tight network of devotees to that game. Unfortunately, <laughs> one listener has. Heresy or has Wargamer Camp on their calendar already, so it's a possibility, and they just marked it off because we talked it off because we just talked about Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Fuck. No, nah, but for real though, like if somebody wants to run like Necromunda or something like that, like let's talk. Like if that's something you want to do, I mean, we're only going to have so many days and so many things on the schedule, so it is going to be more of like a you're going to have to weigh demand for having that system there versus do we have somebody there competent enough to run it that's interested in running it? Um, also, you know, is there going to be space, all that kind of thing. But um, we definitely want to open it up to, like I said, other game systems and, you know, what people want to bring. And then uh, the idea is just to have, like, really cool people there. We want the same super positive atmosphere that we had for the first camp, which was great. Like everybody had a good time. There wasn't a single argument. I didn't see anybody not have fun like at all. Like almost everybody was like having fun 24 hours a day. Um, everybody felt like a big family while we were there, which was awesome. I want that feeling and like that attitude, which is what we're going for. And then just like, a bunch of little possibilities. Like if you're like, ah, fuck it. Let's let's learn how to play Dust or let's learn how to play Battletech or let's learn how to play Bold Action or let's learn how to play Song of Fire and Ice or no, I don't want to do any of that. The only thing that I play is Lord of the Rings and all I want to do is play Lord of the Rings. That's fine. Bring your Lord of the Rings shit. You know? Surely we can get somebody else there that'll play it with you. Hopefully. You know, whatever. Like, that's that's what it's for. It's like, 
it's just basically to get together with a bunch of other, you know, super like-minded gamers with a positive attitude and just like hang out, you know, have some beers just in a, in a really cool place and just leave with a bunch of new friends and get to play whatever games and, you know, learn a bunch of new shit. Yeah, Heresy Camp was like 20% Heresy, 80% making new family. Yep, and that's basically what we want this to be. But just open it up to, you know, other game systems, whatever. And like I said, there's still... I'd almost pay the $8,000 if we could guarantee that Michael has to fight a black bear at this Heresy Camp. So he can answer for all the shit he's been talking. Let's see what we got. <laughs> I'm sure you can rent Black Bear. Rent. Oh, you know, know what I was typing. You know what I was typing. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's a thing. But, look, no, I know. No I muzzle. Know. No muzzle. No, here. They put a muzzle on them, and usually they're declawed, and then you wrestle them. But uh, I don't know uh, if they do man. anymore. That was definitely in the 80s or 90s. <laughs> I remember that happening. It seems like a very Russian Whoa. thing. Whoa, this is Grizzlies. Not looking to rent a Grizzly. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on there, big shoots. <laughs> Holy shit, this says long-term rentals? Oh, this is just called Black Bear Rentals. It's not actually... That's false advertising. That is false advertising. <laughs> Hold on, big shoots. Not trying to wrestle me a Grizzly. I'm trying to get a Black Bear. I'll fight a fucking black bear. It'd have to be to the death. I'm not going to grapple with him. I'd have to kill him. Like, if I'm fighting a black bear, it's to the death. I'm pretty sure there's some laws against that. We'd probably have to have a heresy cruise to get in international waters so that I can actually fight this black bear. But <laughs> then at what point have we officially gone beyond what this podcast This has become something else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like all that podcast that took that bear in international waters and smothered it <laughs> because it got a little too crazy on that one guy. <laughs> well, look, we made the rules pretty clear that there's no eye gouging, okay? And that bear went straight for those eyes. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I'm a little bit concerned about hosting a camp in black bear country but that's okay so what else what else about camp that's it man i mean i just uh did you give the name of the camp are you gonna give the name of the camp so oh it's uh it's uh jameson camp in indiana and don't you fuckers go rent it to try and sabotage us (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know we got one or one hater out there that probably listens to every fucking episode <laughs> just hating on us. I'm going to get those guys. Oh. Uh, but uh, no, so if you for sure want to come, like if you want guaranteed one of those spots, and then uh, there are going to be some extra perks. Like we're, we're renting, there's this big, there's this thing called a, the Lodge. Uh, if you're one of those like, uh, like first people, we'll make sure you get like, preferential treatment you get to pick your bed like there's some perks there's there'd be some perks to it maybe some extra swag something like that we'll definitely take care of the people who throw down that make it happen dig it dig it all right so am i uh, gonna unleash y'all on y'all's 
whatever like hour long battle tech talk y'all are about to have. Yeah. What do you what did you say? Sir. Sorry, I was reading something. What'd you say? I wasn't listening. I said, is it time to unleash y'all on y'all's, you know, hour long battle tech talk y'all are about to have? Yeah, I don't know if it'd be an hour long. No, it won't be that long. <laughs> we can explain like what happened. So Scott ordered this fucking vulture, right? And was like, hey, I ordered this vulture, it's big. And for a long time he was just like, Hey, like when we went to Gen Con this year and they had like the uh what scale were those, you think? Like one one eightieth, something like that? Yeah, they were like eight inches tall. There. Yep. Um, you were like, man, why don't they just make these? Like, why don't they sell these and make the game in this scale? I'm like, I don't know, man, because like, you know, you have to shoot the gun. Like, the guns would then shoot like 15 feet and all this shit, and it would just be, I don't know how you would do it. And we were got to talking, and like, that's what everybody says. It's like, man, I don't want to play this in six mil. Like, I want these big, cool models. And I've always kind of poo pooed it. I'm like, ah, that'd be expensive. Like, Titans and shit are boring and Warhammer 40k and 30k you just basically they stand in opposite corners and you just fucking roll dice to each other you don't move around it's fucking lame and like I'm like you know not interested in any of that so Scott bought this fucking vulture he gets it in and immediately I looked at it after he built it like I've not even seen it in person yet I just see him holding it up in his hands and I'm like oh yeah that's fucking cool and then <laughs> And then they sent me the... Somebody turned me on to that game body stuff where you can look and see like how detailed those fucking things are and all that. And I started looking at pictures of like other people who did like 28 mil shit. And the gears started turning. And I'm like, Scott, I'm building this game barn. What if we literally just painted a quote-unquote tabletop on the floor of the game barn so we could make a play area... That was like 25 by 40 feet and then just play Battletech, like straight up play Battletech in 28 millimeter scale and just like have mechs that shoot like 30 feet. Yep. Yep. And so that's how it happened. That's pretty much how it happened. We were talking about in concept and kind of giggling about it at first. Like, wouldn't it be silly if like, we played Battletech with these big models, and then we could like, uh, you know, we could like paint your barn floor like that, and yeah, and then all of a sudden we're buying a three D printer, and now it's a thing. So yeah, so the 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 loose plan with this insanity is to paint like everybody knows what a game mat is, right? You've seen game mat. You go to game mat EU and you look at their game mats, right? Yep. Imagine somebody painting a game mat like that on a concrete floor like a big mural that's like 25 by 40 yep. feet right? your spray gun man here we come and then building a building a bunch of like 3d buildings and 3d terrain that's appropriate scale to set on said map and then buying like those little chairs that you use if you're a mechanic to work on brakes they got little like dolly wheels on them and they're like real short you sit on them and then you wheel around with your buddies on those little chairs so your fucking back doesn't give out and you're not crawling around on fucking bare <laughs> concrete. And you just literally play a giant-ass game of Battletech that way. So, that's the dream. <laughs> it's going to be fun. So, each 20-millimeter buildings we buy will essentially scale up pretty much perfect for it. 
Well, my idea so, is just to buy that foam board shit. Like it's it's literally like two thin pieces of plastic on foam. You can just get it at Walmart. Like you use it like people use it like for science fair shit. You know, like yeah. that trifolds or whatever. So you could take that stuff and uh, make little like skyscrapers and shit out of it. Yeah. Pretty quick. I would think. You can actually get that stuff for free, man. For free. What? How? You know all those signs on the side of the road to tell you who to vote for? That's oh, yeah. what they're made of, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I promise you. And, you know, those signs don't stay up forever. You can, you can ask for them. And they'll just give them to you to get them out of their fucking yards. For free. Yeah. Free. Fuck yeah. Be the best thing that political advertisement ever did for anyone. <laughs> True story. But anyway, what do you think, Michael, being an outsider and all this? You know, I'm never going to talk bad about I think you should do what you do. It's funny how, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, ah, Titanic is total bullshit. Why are you going to bring it down to scale? And you're like, wait, <laughs> we should bring Battletech and make it bigger <laughs> and have the custom board. I think it's cool shit. I think it's like a cool project that like what I anticipate happening is once we really start getting into the weeds with this and like you're the perfect person to execute a cocaine fueled business plan with because I know how your mind works. And if there was anyone I had to embark on this with, it has to be you. Because you will think about this to degrees I won't, and <laughs> you'll you'll know problems that are going to happen in ways that we can kind of like more practically adapt what we want to do and shit. It's going to be awesome. It's I, great. I do think that you guys should document everything. Like, I think you need to start an Instagram page called like I don't know, like the twenty eight millimeter BattleTech project or something like that, or like. The 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 two a two eight bm project or something like that, and like just uh, just like document it all so like people can follow and watch you guys and like see you grow this stupid stupid little project. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and if anybody else out there wants to do this as well, all you have to do is build a giant pole barn that's dedicated to nothing but gaming, right? Buy a 3D printer that's literally dedicated to nothing but printing, like, giant Battletech models. Right. Buy a bunch of 3D files. Get a couple of your friends to get in on it. Uh, paint the barn floor. Build a bunch of custom terrain, and you can get in on this, too. I mean, pretty easy steps, right? Yeah, basically. I mean, uh, what else? <laughs> I just hope that, like, y'all get a following of people who decide to print up their own 28 millimeter Battletech stuff in the aspiration of coming to Ryan's barn and playing in this 28 millimeter game. Hey, I promise you the worst thing that could happen is you wind up with a bunch of badass 28 millimeter mechs painted up. And I'm, I'm looking at mine right now and it's making me fucking pretty happy in my pants. So yeah, I've already ordered decals. I'm talking to people about custom printing fucking decals to be like, the 160th scale as opposed to like the little itty bitty tiny ones for the six mil shit. Uh, so, I mean, it's on like donkey. Kong. 
That's, I, man, it's exciting, dude. It's exciting. I imagine what a 160th scale, like, uh, nose art would look like on a cool ass mech, and I, that like kind of gets my Ooh, my Australian damn. tank oh, moving a little you bit. You want to see it? You want to see it? I got one for you already. Somebody did. Yeah, Hang on. Let me find it here. Scott, talk about something. This is awkward. Yeah. Oh, well, dude, I originally, the whole reason I thought about doing this is I just wanted a huge mech. Like, I I had always, you know, I grew up around Mech Warrior and stuff, so I knew it, like, through my periphery. But I finally pulled the trigger and was like, I'll just buy one and paint it up just for my own enjoyment. And it just snowballed out of fucking control since that. I get I'm going to do a Mad Dog. I'm going to do a Summoner. I'm going to do a Timberwolf. And I'm going to do uh, what's the other one? A Hellbringer. And then I'll do a point of those five elementals. If anyone out there happens to know where we can find files for Altec tanks to blow up to 28 millimeter scale, that would be fucking Well, awesome. I already found the LRM carrier, the SRM carrier, and then somebody already makes the Shrek PPC carrier, and somebody already makes the Demolisher tank. So I need some fucking clan tanks. If anyone out there knows how to get a hold of some fucking clan tanks in 28 millimeter scale, I Eponas are a real popular one. Uh, Aries, Heimdalls, things like that. Hit me up. Let me know. I'll buy that shit. Beautiful. Yeah, Scott will buy it. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Well, well, all right. But you guys have anything else? Are you just gonna no. tease your? Tease I think that's it. I mean, I I'm just super pumped for it, man. Like I said, I've already bought four files, and then I've ordered uh, another mech that somebody else has printed up for me, and then I'm hoping to, uh, like I said, get a bunch of work in with John, uh, either over the phone or Skype or even just through Messenger or whatever. And then I know sometimes he's in this area just through business, so. And he knows that he's always more than welcome to stay here. We can work on shit together. And he's buying the same printer, so we... I would say that we'd be able to help each other, but let's be fucking real here. It's going to be him helping me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, no, it's something I definitely want to take serious. Uh, once I get through... Uh, I got to get through the Michigan GT, and then uh, I don't know. This might be the first time I mentioned. I'm still gonna. I'm gonna do my Adepticon Heresy event again this year. I told those guys I would do it, so I'm gonna do it. So that's a thing. So if you're going to Adepticon to play Heresy, you will definitely see me there again. Check that bad boy out, Michael. Got the big. That's the dragon. Ooh. He's got the. He's got the teeth on the front. Goodness. Yeah. And you can barely see the cockpit up in the back. That's its chest plate that sticks out real far. It's got the LRM launcher in it. It's a Curitan mech, but that's a Davian paint job. I don't know what any of that means, but it looks dope. <laughs> we gotta do that one day. We gotta we gotta have an episode where we go over like basic sort of. <gasps> well, people want us to do that. I just need man. Tell you what, there's got to be because you guys have done TFL before, where you've up like your computer screen 
on the YouTube thing, right, Michael? Yep. All you need to do is show me how to do that, and then we can just have an episode of RFI that's but where we we talk where people can hear us what we're talking about and I'll I'll go through it like where if even if they're not watching it they could still get an idea or take notes but it would be more for watching and we'll both record it for YouTube and also put it out in podcast form and I'll go through everything like how to use the unit master list how to use Sarna uh, how to look at record sheets shit like that. Okay. So. <laughs> All right. Michael's just like, okay. <laughs> Sounds yeah, good. he's so blase about it. He's like, you guys are fucking retards. What have I done? Getting in business. You don't think that sounds cool? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sounds good. It sounds good for uh Oh, for God everybody. damn it. Oh, God. Fucking Michael. Well, I'm sorry. I don't have anybody to play Battletech with. I gotta fucking build up a dust population in this little town. <laughs> gotta inject it in the community hard. I just can't sell that Battletech stuff, man. Like, I can't. I can't do it. And I can't convince people to, like, not buy shit that you can't get off the shelves. It's, t- it's, t- uh, it's, it's a hard sell for me. It's a hard sell. How dare you. Anything else? Is that it? Is that all we have? I think that's all we got, bud. Might be it. Yeah. Okay. Well. Well, boys, you know how to get a hold of us. It's going to be 209-RFI-30K-0. Leave us some voicemails, man. We've been running a little short on the uh, on the industrial accidents, the shit stories, and all that stuff. And we just crossed into spooky October. Like we're we're in spooky October, and this is like last year. This was my favorite time of year because I got to tell all the you people to call in and like send us all your spooky stories. And I really, really need that to happen again this year. So spooky October, we want the spookiest stories. Like I want like legit terrifying stuff. Maybe I'll even get Josh to call back in and tell his Goatman story, which is if you know Josh, you know Josh doesn't fucking lie about anything. And to know that that man has seen a goat man is, it's that's reasonably scary. Like I feel like that's, like if Ryan were to tell, I feel like it was just Zach. Zach kind of looks like a goat. (laughs) I feel like if Ryan (laughs) told me his chest is pretty hairy. (laughs) It's very it's goat colored too. His chest is hairy and goat colored. Could you imagine? Like okay, Ryan, I I trust you like quite a bit, and I know that you're real skeptical about anything. I trust you equally as much as I trust Josh and. Josh is equally as skeptical as you are about certain things. And if you were to come up to me and tell me that you saw a goat man, I'd be legitimately scared that there's a goat man running around. And that's how I feel knowing that Josh saw a goat man. Like, that's that's real to me. I don't know what to say. I don't... You, Josh does not seem like the type of person that would make that up. So. But yeah, Spooky October, guys. 209-RFI-30K0. Or you can send in an email to Michael at Warhammer30k.com and I will we'll play it on air. I want to hear y'all scariest stories, man. Like the scary shit. Like even if you have to make them up, just make some shit up. I'm fine with that too. Just don't tell us they're made up, because that'll kill it. <laughs> but uh that's gonna be it. Find us on Radio First Van on Facebook. And we need a new artist to start making us some new art. 
Kurt will yep. do it. Have you reached out to Kurt? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. My, <laughs> my idea off the top of my head was just to have a bunch of like, miniature war game things fighting. Like a mad cat shooting at a fucking dust walker that's shooting at some fucking bold action dudes that's fucking shooting back at like some uh, elementals. Warhound so, Titan or something. Yeah, throw that in there. <laughs> in the back. <laughs> in the back. With a big old brisket in the middle. With a big old brisket. Yeah. Do you know how many fucking how uh, many messages since Heresy Camp I've gotten about meats and smoking them? And like 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 people are like I, like so many people are insanely interested in smoking meats. I don't know why I don't have a smoking meats podcast or like a live stream. Do literally yeah. daily. You sh- you know what, Scott? I don't know why you didn't load up on fajita seasoning while you're down here. Now I think about it. Uh, fuck, man. Just rub it in my face. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just so you know, like I have legit. Like I told somebody the other day, like I sit and think about that fucking brisket we had down there, and I just sit and think about it, and I can imagine the way it tasted, but I don't. But I want it again, and I can't just get it, and it's fucking kind of ruined my life a little bit. Yeah, dude. Honestly, <laughs> it makes me pretty fucking sad, and there's nowhere to get that around here. There's fucking nope. nowhere. Nope. Well, I went to somewhere the other day and had it. I went to fucking Squealers or something, and I ate it, and my wife was like, this is good. And I'm like, nah, this is bullshit. No, <laughs> fucking no It's just bullshit. And you can see why, like, like I don't like I don't try and be a cock. Like, whenever I go eat brisket, I feel like a douche because I'm like, nah, it's all right. I mean, it's not good. And it's like, what? This is the best goddamn brisket I've ever eaten in my life. It's like, man, well, you know, you don't know. Like, you don't, <laughs> like I don't know. It's not, like, you feel like an yeah. asshole. You're just like, ah, well, you know, I mean, that's fine. I get it. <laughs> but there, there was a place when we were leaving we ate at called Rudy's. And, and that's good. a chain restaurant. Yeah, yeah. And that has better barbecue than anywhere I've fucking ever eaten up here, too. God damn it, man! But it wasn't anywhere close to my like the shit no, that Michael's dad no. made. It wasn't. It was like, bitch, please. Like, <laughs> Rudy's is good. Rudy's has something special. I don't know if it's their beans or their macaroni or something like that. They got something. I've I, I haven't eaten there. It was good. We liked it. Like it was definitely well worth the money and shit. Yeah, I would go okay. again, but it's not. It wasn't any fucking thing close to what we had at the camp. It worked. Can we bring that up? We're trying to convince Oscar to come to camp number two. So my dad, my dad sold. My dad wants to absolutely go visit Indiana. My mom's on the fence, but my dad is like adamant about like they're gonna buy a travel trailer this year, and yeah, that is one hundred percent like, well, oh, we're gonna take the travel trailer, and then it's like if we're not gonna take it, then you're gonna take it, and we're gonna do something, and we're gonna like, oh, oh my goodness, so. Sounds like it's gonna be a good time. I'm trying to get my dad there, yep. even if it's for even if I just fly him up for a day, I know he'll love that, and just have him cook. I've already looked up where you can rent barbecue pits. Yeah, he's got to stay longer than that so we can like take him to go do some fun shit. Yeah, I agree. I think it'd be so rad to hang out with my dad and go look at tigers and eat tenderloin and just go take yeah. him through all the paces. We should yep. take him fucking... Has he ever been noodling? Or like <laughs> catfish? Like channel cat? No. 
No, he hasn't. There's not. But yeah. He absolutely That's a would. Big fucking fish right there. That would be the biggest fish he's ever caught for sure. It's about now, 100 pounds. They're, they're <laughs> on the ocean, bro. <laughs> we catch some big fish, Scott. I don't know if you know what's out there. <laughs> hey, man, you were the fucking non-believer about the sharks in the goddamn bay, okay? <laughs> That's rare. Not to be right about it, that, Michael. <laughs> sharks, sharks in the bay, making the news. Like that, it made the news because it's rare. And I think the only reason <laughs> it even happened was because I said it wouldn't happen. Like that's the only reason. Just like the flesh-eating bacteria and the mosquitoes and everything else. Oh, it'd be great. Be great, dude. Be I was fine. I was. Uh, so we went fishing this weekend, right? Yep. And we're sitting there, and you know, we 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 roll out and. We're trying to see how choppy it is, so we walk out right there behind the airport. Basically, like, I'd say half a mile from where the camp is. We went fishing in Rockport. Same bay that we were looking at. And I look out, and there's, like, 30 fucking people waiting. Like, everybody's waiting. And I'm like, now, if I was an outsider, and I thought to myself, there's flesh-eating bacteria out there, possibly. There's a nine foot fucking hammerhead like that was just saw on corpus you know all these bad things that like were immediately told to you guys and i'm like man i was like i like all these people i wish they could like i wish henry and all them could stay ignorant like now henry will never go in that water like like nope like now scott will nope. never go waiting with me in the no. fucking bay nope <laughs> It's like there was so many people waiting, and I'm just like, oh, I don't know what to say, man. You sometimes you, you they scare you. They scare, like if somebody told me there's bears in them woods, I probably wouldn't go in the woods. I like it, but anyway, I digress. But you guys know how to get a hold of us. Remember, spooky story, spooky October. We want them, and. Let us know what you guys want to hear. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Yep. All right. <laughs> all right. We'll kick you off to some powerful canty. A lot of people want that Battletech episode, Michael, even though you're like, yeah, yeah, I, I'll make it happen, dude. We'll make it happen. I just like, whatever. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, sometimes you do stuff. Did that you ever, did you ever record the dust for beginners episode? I have about half it recorded, but, I'm okay, gonna do it. Like, I'm getting like, I'm getting with somebody who makes YouTube videos. I've gotten complaints from two people that have tried to listen, and they're like, "Yeah, I didn't understand anything he was saying because they just jumped, they just went right in, and we're talking about like fucking. They had all these acronyms for shit and rule, and I didn't understand any of it because I want to play the like learn how to play the game, not just jump in the middle." Yeah, we uh that's what happened to me with Dust War Journals and I have actually listened yep. to every Dust War Journals episode three times. One when I first started, I didn't understand shit. The second yep. time I understood a little bit. And the third time I listened to their podcast, I was like, Oh, badass. Like I it's like it's a new experience every time. Yeah. So, but no, I get what you're saying. But I want to do a YouTube video because I was gonna do like just a straight episode where you can just listen to me. But yep. I'm working with somebody now who uh who's really good at making those type of YouTube videos. Cool. So stay tuned for that, boys. Well, they need to help us with our Gentlemen, battle tech one. I'll see you on the next one. Bye, Scott. All Later, right. boys. See you guys.
take a few more pills to help you cope with that? Just something to get you over the bad feeling? I don't know. Maybe. Is that how you want to go through life? Doped out of your mind? Drugs so you don't feel anything? If you don't feel pain, you don't really feel anything. And that's not living.